0: Well, I can say this has been a great year, last year. <laughs> I can say it's been a great year this year already, too. <laughs> Amen. And, uh but you know, we thank God for what God has done and what God has accomplished in this last year. And I'm looking for more accomplishments this coming year. And uh we're going to see God do some greater things and bigger things and, and, uh, but you know what? God starts with us. Revival starts right here. And if we can get revival here, guess what? It's going to spread to others. And this is what God is wanting to do is get something started on the inside of our own hearts so that we can praise Him. I I want to I want to start the year off with this message this morning. And it's still continuing along the lines of our covenant relationship with the Lord. Um you can't get enough teaching. There's no way to exhaust the teaching on the covenant. Because from Genesis to Revelation, it's the covenant. It's all about the purpose of God. God's program, His plan that He put into action the first time that Lucifer defied Him in heaven and Lucifer was cast out of heaven. God had a plan and God's plan is being accomplished. And we're seeing it happen more and more and more. Prophetic promises, prophetic words that God's given. And we don't have to have a new prophecy. The prophecies are right here in this Bible. Now, I think God can give something that would relate to our current events or something of that nature, and God can refresh us. But it's all going to relate back to what God said in the Word from the very beginning. Everything, uh it's not a new gospel it's not a new prophetic word, it's not and I want to say this it's not a new thing that God's doing, it's a fresh thing that God's doing. Now it may be a new thing for some people, but it's a fresh thing that God's doing. It's a fresh move of the Holy Ghost. But this morning, I want to share with you as we enter into this year that we're coming into, and um uh, uh, and it's it's on the blood covenant, but I call it establishing our boundaries. For the covenant blessings. Did you know you're the determining factor? What God does in your life? You're the determining factor of whether or not his miraculous power is going to be manifested in your life or not going to be manifested. You're you're the deciding factor. <laughs> really, when you get right down to it, to whether God's word is going to be fulfilled in your life. We're the deciding factor. How are we the deciding factor? Because we first have to believe and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. And when we do that, we're saved. So we're the deciding factor in our salvation. We're the deciding factor in our material blessings as we obey God and do what God's Word declares us to do financially. And as we do these things in obedience to God, guess what? The blessings of God are going to abound in our lives. We're the deciding factor whether or not we receive healing. Now, I know that there's gifts in working of miracles and all of that, but at the same time, some people have received gifts of working of miracles, and they still lose their healing. So we're the deciding factor whether or not we're going to receive and keep what God's given us. So this morning, I want to share with you about how we can establish some boundaries for ourselves for covenant blessings. Over in Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, in the 23rd verse, there's one verse there that I want to quote and read. The Lord's talking, or actually Moses has spoken this. Moses was the writer of the first few books of the Bible anyway. But then he brought us out from there. Where did he bring us out from? From bondage. He brought him out from bondage, from slavery, being enslaved to um the egyptians and being enslaved to others and not being able to be free but he brought us out from there that he might bring us in he brought us out to bring us in he brought you out of sin to bring you into liberty see he brought you out of the bondage that you were in to bring you into that glorious liberty as children of god he brought us out he brought us out of poverty into riches And when I say riches, I'm not just talking about material riches. All of that's part of it. That's only a byproduct of the riches of Christ. That's only a byproduct of it all. Thank God there's a whole lot of rich people that don't know Christ. (laughs) There's a lot of rich people that have all kinds of money that don't know who the Lord is. They don't know the peace of God. But see, as we as believers, we've been brought out of bondage, brought out of poverty into the riches of Christ. And that means every area of our life. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, God's brought us out into a a higher plane. He brought us out to bring us in, to give us the land of which he swore to our fathers. Now, this is the whole purpose of the Lord. From Abraham until now, God has a land and his people are a witness in this land. And this people is a covenant people. God's always Had a people. God's always had a people. From the very beginning of time. When Adam and Eve fell. God's always brought them out. They repented. And God covered them with the covering of the sacrifice that he did for them that day. The blood covenant started at that moment. And God covered them. And from that moment on. The blessings of God were in their life. God brought them out. But God's had a people. God's always had a witness. In the land. There's always been a witness in this earth. And even though the devil's tried to stuff it out, God's always had that. And from Abraham until now, God has a land and his people are a witness in this land, and we're covenant people. Look at Hebrews 8, verse 10. Paul's writing this. He said, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my laws into their mind and write them up on their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me my people." I want to read that last part again. I'll put my laws in their mind, write them up on their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. This is covenant. See, we're in covenant with God. How many knows a covenant is a very important thing? It's a very serious thing. That's why covenant relationship is considered even in marriage. Covenant, it's a covenant between a man and a woman. It's covenant relationship. Someone said one time, They said, you know, it only takes what? I don't know what it costs now for a marriage license. What did it cost for a marriage license, Pat? I can't remember. It wasn't very much. But it very little to get a marriage license. But it takes sometimes thousands of dollars to split that up. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about? Some of of these men and women in this world, I mean, there's been some big, big, big uh, uh, losses. Uh, because they, they wanted to get out. I think we should reverse it maybe. <laughs> and make it more expensive to get married than it is to, 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 to not have the marriage. <laughs> but listen to this. It's a covenant. Everybody say I've been in covenant with God. It's a covenant of life. It's a covenant of power. It's a covenant of health. It's a covenant of wealth. God has one purpose in His mind. Only one thing in God's mind today. And that's for us to enter into the realm of the kingdom of God and enjoy the benefits that He's provided for us. God's, God's a good Father. He's better than us earthly fathers. And God wants us to enjoy the kingdom. And the kingdom of God and everything that He has in the kingdom. He's brought us out. Of darkness into light. How many remembers when you didn't understand or know anything, but God gave you light and understanding of where you are today? He brought you out of bondage into liberty. How many remembers when you were bound by sin? How many remembers when sin had control of you? You didn't have the control of your life, but sin had control of you. But one day you have got a revelation of Jesus and what He did for you, and you come out of that bondage into liberty. And He got you out of lack into abundance. Thank God we got more than what we need. I don't go by what I see. I go by what who, who He is. And that's why I know I have all that I ever need. Because He will never, ever fail me as His child. And He won't fail you this morning. Amen? Now, He brought us out of sickness into health. Praise the Lord. He made... Re- Listen, this is part of the covenant. This is what Jesus did for us. Not only was the blood spilt for our eternal salvation, it was spilt by the stripes of Jesus. By the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. That's what Peter said. Isaiah 53 said, we are. Peter said, we were. Amen. So it's a past tense thing. And he brought us out of death into life. He's brought us out to bring us in. God wants to bring you in to what he's got for you. Now, let's look at the land that God's talking about, the land and its challenges. See, God's given the land. God's purpose was to always have a land for his people to dwell in, to be the light in this world. See, God's always had a purpose for the land. Israel's land, there's a purpose for it. And uh, we're not going to get into all of that this morning, but it, it, it is the purpose of God. God called his people out of the land where they dwelt to come into his land. Now, God called Abram out of the land of Nimrod, where Nimrod was anti-Christ. He was anti-God. Actually, abortion got started big time there. They were taking children and slicing them out of the mother's bellies and offering them unto their gods as sacrifices. And uh, so abortion was started—that evil thing of abortion. It, listen, abortion is not godly. That's taking a life, and our nation has allowed millions of children to die. Millions of children have died because of of abortion and killing children. Listen. Aren't you glad that our mamas and daddies didn't think about that much when we were there? <laughs> but today it's a common thought in the minds of young people because that's the mindset. The mindset of the younger generation today is to have socialism, communism, and to have all of these things happening in this earth. That's the mindset. But you know what? God's still got a people. God still has a people in the land. And we're in the land that God's put us in, and we're going to come out. Now listen, God called his people out of the land where they dwelt to come into his land. God called Abram out of the land of idolatry. He called him out of there. He said, get out from amongst them. Come out and follow me, and I'm going to lead you. And the, the, look what he said in Genesis 12:1. The Lord said to Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from the father's house unto a land that I will show you. Joseph spoke of a land, Joseph himself, and made the children of Israel to take an oath to carry his bones with them. Remember, God's plan has tried to be thwarted by the devil all through the ages. The devil knew that from this plan that God had... And establishing a land for his people, and establishing his people, and having a people called by his name. He knew that was the beginning of the end for him. And every since Adam and Eve fell, he came in and tried to thwart the plan of God. And all through the Old Testament you see the plan that he tried to keep the plan of God from being fulfilled and coming to fruition in this, in, in the generations to come the way God wanted it to. The devil knows his time is limited and he knows he's defeated. He knows Jesus defeated him. Uh, the problem is God's people don't know that yet. But you see, the devil's been defeated already. He's already lost the war. <laughs> and he's already been judged. And he's waiting on his execution date. That's coming around the corner. And I believe he hears the rattle of the chains that the angel has. It's going to bind him for the thousand years and cast him into the pit. He'll be loose for a short time. But after that, he'll be cast into eternal hell with all of the unbelievers that did not believe. And listen, what's sad is there's a lot of believers, even during the tribulation period, or a lot of people that's not going to believe and they're not going to accept the Lord and what he's doing, even during that time. And the Bible said they'll all be cast into the lake of fire. Now, We're not going to preach on heaven and hell this morning, but it's the truth anyhow. (laughs) Amen? But Joseph spoke of this land. Remember, Joseph was put into prison. And he come out of prison because God used him to interpret dreams. And God elevated him to a place in the kingdom of Pharaoh there. And he became Pharaoh's right-hand person. And he was right there with Pharaoh. He was raised as an Egyptian. He was, lear- he was learned in all the ways of Egypt, all the knowledge of Egypt. But you see, his mother had raised him. And his mother knew what God had for him. And his mother, I believe, during that time of raising him, Put that stuff in his heart, in his ear, every day. Moses, you're not one of these. You're only here temporary. God's put you here for a purpose. Let God use you for that purpose. You're a man of God. You're a person of God. God's gonna use you to liberate these people. And I believe that was in Joseph's heart all those years. And one day, he got old and was gonna die. But he knew the promise of God. and Joseph said to his brethren, in Genesis 50 and uh, 24 through 25, Joseph said to his brethren, I'm dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land into the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. Joseph believed it so much, he said, when, when God visits you, and God will visit you, God will keep His Word, God will do what He said He will do, He promised us a land, and when you get delivered from this land, you take my bones with you. Hallelujah. By faith, He did that. By faith, He did that. Because, listen, the promise of the land is so important to God's people. And the promise to the spiritual land that God wants us in is important to you as a believer today. We're called out of the world. There's no call but to come out. <laughs> We've got to come out from amongst them. Be you separate. Oh, listen, there's things happening in this world today, preaching that's going on that you wouldn't believe People that just uh, you can live like you want to live, do what you want to do, live like you want to, uh, it doesn't matter, you know it doesn't matter. God doesn't hold us accountable to anything higher. there's no higher standards, but just higher standards. It, you know what that is that that's just uh, humanism. that's just humanism that's, that's, that's all it is. It's humanism, and it, what it's done it's seeped into the churches even to where everything is okay. doesn't matter. God doesn't care. You can get to God through many different avenues. That's what's been preached today. And been preached by many famous, quote, preachers that are saying this and, in, and leading people astray by the thousands because they've gotten away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Lord said, come out from amongst them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. That's still the gospel. That's still the word. We're different. Praise God, we're different. We have a different attitude. We've got a different revelation. We've got, we see something differently. Yes, we love. We love all people. God wants us to love all people. All people can come to the Lord. Even Adolf Hitler could have come to the Lord. Amen. God died for him. Nikita Khrushchev. Banged his shoe up on the the desk in the U.N. and said, we will bury the United States of America. He was an atheist. It wasn't long. I don't know if you'll remember history or not, but I'm a historian. I love to read it and look at it. But Khrushchev was ousted out of office and you never heard anything about him. He was sent to Siberia. Siberia is the furthest place away that anybody went, and that's where they usually sent their prisoners, prisoners of political prisoners, etc. and he went there. Gorbachev come into power a little time later after a couple of other leaders. Gorbachev and Reagan became good friends, Ronald Reagan, and Gorbachev actually moved to America. He's got a ranch over in California over there by Reagan's ranch, where Reagan's ranch was. <laughs> but Gorbachev started the glasnost move. And what he did is he took things that the, that the Russian government had taken out of the history books and he began to replace it and put it back in. Khrushchev was never heard of. He was never heard of after he left and was ousted. Everything he did was taken out of the history books. He was totally out. It was like he never existed. And what did they do? They put him in a position. But you know what? They get they begin to get the history back in there. And this is now. This was uh, uh, information that was documented by high up in our full gospel ranks. Even they documented this. Khrushchev, after he was, but just before he was ousted out of office. See, he was raised a Southern Baptist or Baptist. And I don't know if it's Southern Baptist or not, but it was Baptist. And uh, he, he was raised Baptist, and he came up on a prayer group there in uh, Russia. Now, in Russia during those days, they had an underground church. And you could not publicly advertise where your church was or where the meeting was. The only way you could get to the meeting was to be led by the Spirit. Now, this is the honest truth. The only way they could get to these meetings was to be led by the Holy Ghost. And they would pray and God would direct them to where the meeting was because it had to be so secret because they would come and arrest them all if they didn't. And here this group was meeting and worshiping the Lord in this secluded place, and Khrushchev comes marching in. And don't you know the look on their face? This was the the reports that came out. They were afraid for their life. What do you want? <laughs> and he said, don't fear. And he, he, he calmed them down. He said, no, I was raised Baptist. And he said, God's been dealing with me. And I want to come back to the Lord. History of, of, the, of, of, re, of these people that recorded this and were there. And you never hear of Khrushchev. I, I mean, you look in the history books, you never hear of him after he was ousted. Because they sent him to Siberia, the furthest way that they could send him. But he came to this little group before he was ousted, and he repented, and he gave, he worshipped the Lord with those folks that night. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, nothing's impossible with God. I said God loves every human being, and every human being, I don't care what they've done, the blood of Jesus cancels it out. Hallelujah. It's canceled out. It doesn't matter. I, I've had people come to me. They say, well, you don't understand, Brother Clarence. So, I mean, I'm afraid people are going to talk about me because I did this, I did that, I did that. I said, well, I'm not going to talk about it. Did you ask God to forgive you? Yes. I said, well, it's forgiven. I don't have no right to bring it up. I don't have no right to bring up your past for anything. Because, you see, God's wiped our past out. It's blotted out. It's like it never was. Hallelujah. When it's blotted out, it means it's like it never was. And God has blotted out our past. He's blotted out our sins. And thank God. Aren't you glad for that? We wouldn't be sitting here if we didn't have that hope. But the challenge to possess the land is there. Now, Deuteronomy 121 says, Behold, the Lord thy God has set the land before thee, go to possess it. And the Lord thy God's fathers has said to thee, Fear not, neither be discouraged. The land was important to God. The borders are important to God. And, uh, the, 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 you, you know, the land was a place where God manifested Himself. See, He manifested His glory to the children of Israel in all the places where they settled and where God led them to. He manifested His glory physically. The glory of God was revealed. The presence of God was manifested in, in a visible form so that people would know that God was with them and God was in their lives and God was with them right there. And the, so this is important to God. God created the Garden of Eden to put man in so that His presence could be there. His presence. God always has wanted a place where His presence could dwell. And this is what's happened after the world went into the ways of the, of the devil and the devil took them over and they began to do it. You read all the history from Genesis all the way through in the Old Testament. You'll see where the, the enemy came in. They were anti-God. They didn't, they had idols. They worshipped other gods. They worshipped other idols. They did not worship God. And we saw what happened when the children of Israel went and backslid and went in with these other people. Listen, that's happening today it's happening today. God's people are slipping right back in into this new age and new new gospel that's being preached. You know, listen, I'm not hard-nosed and I'm not a hard preacher that preaches hellfire and brimstone and and uh, but we need to understand hellfire and brimstone is real. Heaven is real. And it is a real place. There is real punishment. There is real things that's going to happen if people do not adhere to the things of God and do what God says to do. And there's good things that's going to happen for those that will just come to Him humbly and repent. All that bondage is knocked off. All the past is wiped out, blotted out like it never happened. And God makes us new creatures in Christ Jesus. And there's a real heaven. Hallelujah. And I believe that. And I believe the coming of the Lord draws nigh quicker than what we think today. It could happen this year. It could happen. We don't know when it's going to happen. But I do know one thing. The Bible said it's going to happen. There's going to be the shout with the voice of the archangel. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And we which are alive and remain should be called up to be with the Lord. But it was a place. God established boundaries from the beginning. Now, in Genesis... The promise of land was made to Abraham and confirmed to Isaac, Jacob, and Jacob's son. The land was promised as a central feature in the identity of Israel as a nation throughout the Hebrew scriptures. And the unfolding of God's covenant with Abraham, uh, forms the foundation for the rest of the Bible. And, uh, we, we, we got to consider exactly what land God promised Abraham. This is interesting. I, I did a little study this past week on the land of Israel, and it's amazing, that little spot in Israel is not all of Israel, that little spot is only a, a a spot that's been designated by man, that's not designated by God, amen? Because God's borders go far beyond that. The borders that God did in the beginning goes all the way up into Iraq, Iran, and uh uh, Jordan and, uh, Syria and, I, I mean, all of these places, all of these c- uh, countries that surround Israel, that's actually the borders that God made for Israel. It's amazing. So that's not just, it's just one little spot there right now. But God's going to expand it to what He wants it to be. Amen? <laughs> this, this, but it's interesting. I, I, I got to looking at this and, uh, God, you know, well, in Genesis the 15, chapter 18 through the 21st verse, you can read these uh descriptions of the land. Under thy seed I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, and the Kinsites and the Catamanites, and the Hittites, and the Perizzites, all those all those Perizzites, you know, all those Zites. <laughs> and uh, uh, the Riphiums, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Gergeshites and the Jebusites. That's a lot of people. I mean, when you read your Bible, have you read your Bible, you know, and you look at those names, Jergisites, Jebusites. I mean, all these, all these different names that these nations have. But listen, that was theirs. That was Israel's. That was the borders that God gave. When God showed Abraham, said, come out unto this land I'm going to give you and your descendants. This is the land that I've called you for. The land's important to God. This it is. It's very important. We've had presidents in the past that have defied God and tried to take things away from Israel. But I want to tell you something. Those that defy God are in trouble, seriously in trouble, spiritually and physically. Because God doesn't tolerate people messing with his plan. Amen? Now, Listen. Uh, we 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 don't understand. There's been things that happened in the past presidencies, and I'm not going to get into details and names. But there's we've had liberties given away, we've had things given away. We we went on. We've sided with uh, those that were against Israel, and we've sided with them and tried to take things away from. Them. But I want to tell you what God still has the last say. So the land is important to God. The borders are important to God. God has specific borders that He placed. For Israel, that's physical Israel. But God's got some specific borders for us today spiritually. And the devil can't keep us from having what God says is ours. We've been fenced in with all kinds of denominationalism and denominal teaching and and this teaching and that teaching. We don't agree here. We don't agree there. I want to tell you, just, just get the Bible and let the Bible be the guide. This Bible will teach us. God has the last say-so. God has the last say-so. And Israel is going to be God. Do you remember back in 1967, June of 1967, the Six-Day War, what they call the Six-Day War with Israel? I was in Bible college at that time when that happened. It was amazing. Six-Day War. They came in and invaded Israel. But you know what happened? In six days, Israel, that little ragtime army that they had, they didn't have all the stuff that these other countries had. But they went in. And in six days, they defeated all of them. Not just Jordan. All of those countries. And Israel expanded its territory. Isn't that amazing? We went to Israel in 1980. This happened in 1967. 1980. You know what they? They had all those Jordanian tanks. They were still out there on the road. <laughs> they leave them as a memorial. And that, it was interesting. I mean, we drive our bus would drive by and we'd see all these Jordanian tanks there you know what god was just showing himself he said i i i helped i helped these people and you know what they said there were reports from the israeli army and soldiers in the army supernatural things that they don't they don't publish it because they don't want everybody to know how supernatural god is but in a six-day war when it was earthly i mean no way possible for that little country to defend itself against all those nations coming against it it was called the, the Jordanians were the main, but all of them were coming part of it. But you know what? God caused them to survive, and God miraculously because the borders are important to God. God's land is important, and it's amazing. Did you know during that Six Day War they got two hundred percent of their property back? Two hundred percent of land that was legally theirs. According to God, they got it back in that time frame. Hallelujah. I said, isn't God good? Two hundred percent. My goodness. My goodness. The boundaries are important. Every time the enemy battled, took the land, God always retaliated and reestablished the boundaries after Israel repented. So, the land is important. And I'm I'm bringing all of this out today today. Because we just need to understand, 1948, Israel was recognized. Did you know for years, Israel, the Jews, were just lost in the population of other countries? They were scattered everywhere, but yet they were still God's people. But they were scattered. But in 1948, they legally became Israel and got some property. And it was just a little bitty strip. <laughs> I mean, but you know what? Don't you know that they were excited to just be able to say, Hey, we've got our own boundaries now. They've got their own boundaries. And listen, God still favors Israel. Israel one day will have their eyes opened. I'm talking about all of the Jews. Will have their eyes opened when Jesus returns. And they will see That he was the Messiah. That he was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And there's a lot of Messianic Jews today that's already had their eyes opened. And they've already had revelation of Jesus Christ. And they're called Messianic Jews, but they're born again believers. See, this gospel, when Jesus died, he didn't just die. It was for the Jew first. And then to the Gentiles. And we're the Gentiles. But it was to the Jew first. But it was for everybody. When Jesus died, it was for every Jew, every Gentile, every heathen, every person that didn't know any better at all. It was for every individual that Jesus died and redeemed with his blood. And that's why that, that even Arabs are receiving the Lord. There's testimony after testimony of Arabs that are getting visions of Jesus Christ. Visions. And the Lord coming in their room and ministering to them. I believe that. I believe that God's doing everything. He's pulling out all the stops in this last day to show that He is Lord. And God is interested in the boundaries. Hallelujah. God wants us to know that He's with us. Can you say amen? <laughs> Look at what the Lord says in Isaiah 54. See, God established a perpetual covenant of peace. And and, and we're going to be dealing with this and bringing it down to us personally, but more. But it said, Enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. And do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and you shall expand uh, expand to the right and to the left. See, God's word will be fulfilled. I said, God's word will be fulfilled. God's will will be fulfilled. But he said, enlarge. How many knows we gotta start expanding and getting ready for more that God wants to do? I'm talking about your personal life. As a family, personal individual, you, you need to start enlarging your territory. Quit being boxed in by the devil. Quit being boxed in by the devil and said, you can't rejoice like that. You don't have a right to rejoice. You don't have a right to praise God. You don't have a right to lift those hands up. Don't you remember what you did 19 years ago, 29 years ago, 59 years ago? Don't you know that you can't do that? You're not, you're not worthy of these things. Well, the the blood of Jesus has made us worthy. And what God's wanting us to do is to enlarge the place of our tent. Stretch out the curtains of our dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Strengthen your stakes. You know what the stakes are? I, I, I traveled with my dad during the, uh, after I got out of high school, he had tent revivals, and we set this tent up. <clears throat> and we had to drive those stakes. Now, can you imagine me, 90 pound weakling, driving stakes? That's about what I was. I was six foot two. I looked deformed. Because I only weighed like 98 pounds, I think. I, I was at I was at uh, the advertisement in the Charles Atlas deal, you know, in the in the advertisements way back there in the magazines, you know, with the Muscle Man and and the little guy was real skinny and scrawny, you know. I'm I'm the little scrawny one. And people used to think I was deformed. I was so skinny, my little Adam's apple just dug up and down, and I mean I I turn sideways, stick out my tongue, look like a zipper, you know. <laughs> My mama sent me a new pair of pajamas for Christmas, my first year of Bible college, but they only had one stripe on them. You know, I was so skinny. You know, <laughs> no, that's just funny. <laughs> but that, but, but I, but I'd get out there. We'd, we'd put those stakes in the ground, and I'll, I'll never forget one day we was out there. <clears throat> it was in McKinney, Texas, actually. My dad had a tent up here in McKinney on the main highway, and uh, we was out there, and we got that tent all set up, and and two days after we had it set up, boy, you could see that black cloud coming in and boy, we knew what was going to happen. I mean, it looked like it had hail and, and the thunderstorm and high winds. And dad said, come on, son, we got to get out there and let's strengthen those stakes, you know. Boy, we get out there and hammer those stakes. We'd tighten that tent down, you know, so that it would, uh, it would be a little tighter and, and, uh, but, but, but your stakes are important. Your stake of faith is important. You, you need to drive that stake of faith deep. In the Word of God. Drive it deep into the Word of God because we, we need to get ready for what God's going to do. He said because you're going to expand to the right and to the left and you shall expand to the uh, to the right and to the left. God's going to expand our uh, blessing area. Praise God. He, he's going to expand what He's going to be doing in our lives if we'll just allow Him to. But this, the boundaries are important. Now, Isaiah 55 said, The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be unto the Lord for a name for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. But we need to understand, the land is ours. God has established the boundaries of spiritual blessings in our life. It's up to us whether or not we're going to march into the land and take what's ours and live the victorious life that God's called us to live. It's it's up to us. But the presence of the enemy has to be dealt with. How many knows there's an enemy? Israel is there. Did you know they've got confidence, though? They've got confidence in everything they do. But they, right there, hey, by the way, Jerusalem is now the capital city. America was the first country to put their embassy right there in Jerusalem. Now other countries are following suit and putting their embassy in Jerusalem. Isn't that good? That's good news. Because they're recognizing, those countries are recognizing, that God's hand is up on this little country of Israel. Because God's promises are eternal. But the presence of the enemy has to be dealt with. Now, the Bible says in Colossians 2.15... Jesus has broken the power and the authority of the devil. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Having disarmed, he's disarmed the devil. Hallelujah. I remember when I was in Africa, there was a little lady there that <clears throat> they had these big old wasp, you know, that stingers in them, you know. And, uh, this lady was out there and had a little baby, and as as over there, a lot of times the babies don't have no clothes on, you know. They're just out there. It's hot, and and she was holding the baby, and and that wasp was just flying around and lighting up on uh, on the baby and lighting up on her, and and uh, and somebody said uh, they was telling her, they said, aren't you concerned? I think it was somebody in our group, you know, and they were talking through an interpreter, aren't you concerned about that that wasp or that big wasp or that stinger, you know? Aren't you concerned? And she said, oh no, I've already got the stinger in me. In other words, that wasp had already stung her and she had the stinger in her arm and she wasn't worried about the baby. And listen, I want to tell you what, Jesus took the sting out of death for all of us. He took the stinger. And because He took the stinger, we're free. We don't have to worry, we don't have to fear, we don't have to fret because Jesus defeated the devil. He disarmed the devil, praise God, made a spectacle of him. And uh, the first prophetic promise of Satan's defeat was given by God Himself in Genesis 3.15. After Adam and Eve fell, you know. And the Lord told the serpent, Up on your belly you're going to go. And the 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 heel of the woman, the seed of the woman, His heel shall bruise your head. Hallelujah. In other words, the devil is already under Jesus' feet. He's already under the feet of Jesus Himself. And therefore he's under our foot. He's under my foot. How many ever got mad and you had testimony? I'm putting my foot down. Well, you know what we got to do? Just put your foot down on the devil. Say, Devil, two thousand years ago Jesus defeated you. The seed of the woman bruised him and defeated him. And because of that, we have the same victory. Can you say amen? Now, look at Colossians 1.13. He, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We've been translated into the kingdom of God. Delivered? Everybody say delivered. You know what that word delivered means? It means you've been snatched out. I mean, you've been, you've been grabbed up and you've been set free. And we've been delivered, translated into the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, there's only one Lord, and that's Jesus. The devil's not Lord there. Praise God. The devil's a liar. The thief comes not to steal, but to kill and to destroy. i am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, is what Jesus said. And the devil's no respecter of persons. He wants all of God's people. Now look what the Lord said through Peter: Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are not that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who has called us into His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you suffered a while, He'll make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To Him be glory and dominion forever. And we just need to remember that Jesus is on our side. Can you say amen? Now, we just we just need to enter our promised land. How many is ready to enter your promised land? How many is ready to go in? I'm talking about this year. Let's decide this year. I'm not going to be like it. It's not going to be like it was last year. I'm not going to let the devil have the upper hand on my life no more. I've decided I'm going to be what God said I can be. I'm going to have what God says I can have. And I can do what God says I can do. And we just need to stand up and say, devil, no more. You're not going to hold me in bondage no longer because God's got some boundaries for me in the spiritual land that I'm traveling in today. Hallelujah. And that's a land of victory. And we need to enter that promised land. Your daily walk with God wherever He takes you and watch God bless you. God's going to bless us this morning. Can you say amen? Father, we thank You for the Word. Thank You that Your Word's truth. We receive that Word. And we just give You praise for it in the name of Jesus. And we just give You glory for it. Hallelujah. 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 Let's sing that little course of that old song that we were singing. Brother John, you probably know this one. Well, I'm camping. Every day I'm camping in the land of Canaan. And in rapture I survey its wondrous beauty grand Oh glory, hallelujah I have found the land of promise and I'm camping I'm camping in the Canaan's happy land Y'all know that song? Let's sing it together then. Well every day I'm camping in the land of Canaan. And in rapture I survey its wondrous beauty, grand. Oh, glory, hallelujah! I've found the land of promise, and I'm camping. I'm camping in Canaan. One more time, sing to the Lord. Well, every day I'm camping in the land of Canaan. And in rapture I survey its wondrous beauty grand. Oh, glory, hallelujah. i found the land of promise. And I'm camping, I'm camping in Canaan's happy land. Hallelujah. <laughs> glory to God. Well, you know what? We need to make a declaration. I don't want you to do it with me. Boldly. Out loud. Say, Father, everybody say it together. Father, I thank you that I am redeemed, that you sent your Son Jesus to liberate and to bring us in to the land that you have made for us. And in this land, I'm free, I'm not discouraged. I have your peace. I have your joy. I have your health. I have victory in every area of my life. And I declare it in the name of Jesus. And devil, I serve notice on you. Get off my property. God is blessing me. Hallelujah. Let's stand our feet. Well, every day I'm camping. In the land of Canaan, I'm rapture. I survey his wondrous beauty, grand. Oh, glory, hallelujah! I found the land of promise, and I'm camping. I'm camping in Canaan's happy. Now, how many's got your ten string instruments with you? <laughs> now, let's do that together. You know what? we, we got to be jubilant about this thing. Amen? Well, every day I'm camping in the land of Canaan and in rapture I survey its wondrous beauty grand. Oh, glory, hallelujah. I found the land of promise. I'm camping, I'm camping in Canaan's house. Ha- One more time. Well, every day I'm camping in the land of Canaan, and rapture I survey its wondrous beauty grand. Oh glory, hallelujah, I found the land of promise. I'm camping, I'm camping in Canaan's happy land. Well give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I never do. I don't have an end into my sermons. I just pick up and hook up again the next service. <laughs> Amen. But be here tonight. God wants to do something special for us this year. I believe in God to touch, heal. Take someone's hand next to you right now. The Bible said, If any two shall agree on earth as touching anything, it shall be done of the Father which is in heaven. Lord, we're just in agreement now with your people. You said we're two or three gathered together in Your name, yet You're right there in the midst of us. And Lord, You're in our territory because this is the territory you created for us. We're going to rejoice and praise You. We glorify Your name. Touch Your people today. Let Your healing power, let Your divine strength flow through their bodies from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Let the joy of the Lord become our strength, our spiritual strength. Lord, and we just praise You In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Well, we'll see y'all tonight at 6. Well, every day I'm camping.